Welcome to the EQ Podcast. All right, welcome to the EQ Podcast, a show focused on equipping ministry leaders within the Calvary Chapel Association here in the Pacific Northwest. I'm your host, Zach Lamberson, and with me today is Pastor Steve Winery of Calvary Chapel in Tri-Cities in Kennewick, Washington. Now, Pastor Steve's going to be a regular on this show as we invite more guest pastors and ministry leaders to join us in the future. And so this being the inception of our EQ podcast, Steve, I know this is something that was important for you to help, especially in the Northwest. Um, you're over uh, the areas basically of, uh, is it just Eastern Oregon or all of Oregon? No, it's uh, it's Eastern Washington, Idaho, and Montana. In Montana. And Ontario, I guess, is on the border. And so yeah. they kind of consider themselves yeah. more Idaho than Oregon. So, uh, yeah, we've just got a, a big group of pastors that, we, that Steve's helping and minister to with the CCA. And so this is kind of a a resource, if you will. And so, Steve, what's your big picture goal for this resource? Well, you know, obviously, uh, the the area that we live in is pretty spread out, and so Eastern Washington isn't isn't radically populated. And so, when you're talking about uh, churches in this area, uh, there um, uh, many of them are hours away from each other. So we have guys that kind of, we have pastors meetings, and so we mm-hmm. got guys that, that come down routinely, and you know, two and a half hours to to drive down to our place to. Uh, meet with guys and so they're 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 really isolated and when you when you start talking about places like montana uh those guys are really isolated (laughs) it can be five hours driving across montana to have a pastor's meeting and so you know when a pastor's isolated it's it's like really hard to uh, run things by other pastors and uh you're you're just by yourself yeah and that can be that can be a really bad thing and, uh, you know, there are, uh, a guy who's motivated can find helps and, and figure things out and, and all of that kind of stuff. But if you have a resource where you can just go to it and, uh, hear from other pastors who've, uh, gone through these things before you and, and just kind of glean from, uh, the mistakes they've made and the successes that they've had, that's, that's really the whole point, you know? Um, there's a passage in second Timothy two, uh, where it, it talks about, um, uh, the, the fact that we need to commit these things to faithful men. It says this, the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so that's really, you know, that's, that's just discipleship. And so generally speaking, we talk about that in the area of, uh, new believers, but uh, pastors need discipleship too. You know, I, I remember being a young pastor and uh, having to go through and, and figure things out. And it, it would be nice not to have to reinvent the wheel every time right. you send a guy out to go and, and uh, be a pastor. And not that every church is going to be exactly the same and these are the ways that you do it, but, uh, you know, being able to uh, take off from uh, issues that other guys have uh, gone through and be able to take those things and, and apply some of those principles to your own ministries. It would be a great help. And that's that's what we're looking to do. We're not looking to 
make a bunch of clones. We're looking to give guys resources. That's great. And I, you know, I think the guests that we're going to have on this show are guys who've been around for a long time. You know, in the yep. coming weeks, we're going to have Don McClure on here, Mike McIntosh, uh, Dennis Davenport. And these are guys who've been in ministry for f- some 40 plus years. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. a lifetime of experience of being able to just give some insight, especially to young guys or guys who, like you said, are isolated off on their own. And, you know, they're just kind of wondering, like, how to deal with the situation. And so we're going to try to be specific on some things. And, you know, we have a website, eqministry.com, where pastors can go on and actually connect with some of these guys who have a little bit more insight and just wisdom, I guess, is the best way to put it. They've been around for a while, and so they can help with those, you know, kind of particulars, I guess. And so we're going to have a lot of those kind of uh, opportunities, I would say, in this ministry. That's our, our goal, I would say. Yeah, specifically, you know, when I when I look at some of these guys, uh, the the reason that I'm I'm picking some of these older guys is because I've been a pastor a long time, you know, and and I how long? Uh, well, since <laughs> like 1983. Okay, so, that's his, yeah. So I, I can tell you, it's 39. Now it's my birth year. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So we're well, actually, we're in 2023. So that's 40 years. Right? Well, I'll be 40 this year. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah, you're an old you guy. Spill the, spill the beans. <laughs> and so, so, you know, I've been a pastor a long time, and some of, the, some of these guys, I've had conversations with them. Uh, it's not like I need to learn a, a bunch of stuff, but I've yeah. had conversations with them, and they've said certain things, not even, you know, coming, coming after me to try to get me to change things, but just in a conversation, they've said certain things, and I've been like, oh, wow, that's a really good point. And, and, uh, I, you know, I listen to, to the things that these guys have to say. It's, it's going to be a good thing. Oh, absolutely. I know yeah. that, that kind of profound moment. I know that's one of the reasons we do pastors conferences. Cause you'll hear a guy, it's like, you're, you're learning the Bible. We've gone, we've all heard the same passages over, but they'll say something. And you're like, Oh, that's, I need that. Right. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's something that is so helpful and encouraging. And that's really what we're looking to do on this podcast is encourage, uh, to help shepherd the shepherds, if you will, um, and serve those who have been serving. So with that, Steve, one of the things that we're going to be focusing on in these early episodes is kind of the origin story of Calvary Chapel in general. Yeah. And uh, we had, you know, the Jesus Revolution just came out, and it's kind of the origin story, if you will, of, of the Calvary Chapel movement. And a lot of guys have been really excited about the movie um seeing a lot of fruit from people who went and saw it and been impacted by it and made decisions to follow christ so you being a, a calvary pastor and this kind of being your roots uh just a couple of things what was your take on the movie? did you, what would you think of it well let me let me address something real real quick before we even get into that uh one of the things that i, I i've got regional leaders and one of the things i ask them is what do the pastors in our area want to know mm-hmm. and they all said they want to know how to be a Calvary. And so Calvary has, has a different style, you know, it's right. like, a, there, and, it, and it comes from uh, the origin. And so with the movie, I loved the movie. I thought it, I thought it was really good. And, uh, you know, I wasn't there during those times. I got saved in 1975 at uh, Greg Laurie's church. And, and so uh, Greg Laurie was one of the, actually it was about his testimony is what the movie was specifically about. But uh, I got saved at his church in, uh, you know, a few years after the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just a really cool time. You know, it, it's, it was my, my second experience with Christianity, first experience being my, my grandmother. Um, uh, she was a Baptist, she took me to a Baptist church, and it was like your, your, 
straight, you know, kind of mainline uh, Protestant Christianity. Wore a suit. I got a suit at in second grade. You know, <laughs> they gave me a suit, and so my mom went out and bought it for me and stuff. My grandma gave me a Bible, which I never read, and that kind of thing. And it was just really, uh, um, just a weird feeling when I when I would go into the place. The the thing that happened when um, and and this was this was something that that I feel like was common to the the whole Jesus movement. Um, it's like it was it was genuine Christianity. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was it was one of those things where um, you walked into a building and you knew people were different than you. Hmm. <clears throat> you you knew. Uh, it, it, it's like I didn't know that much about religion and Christianity and that kind of stuff, but I knew religious people, and these people were not acting religious. Um, they were they were acting well. They were acting like they were in love. Yeah, genuine. Yeah, it was yeah. genuine, and and so that was that was the first thing that was almost off putting to me when I walked in the building. It was like they were so different than I was, and they were so obviously excited uh, about. Uh, worship and that's that was my first experience they start worshiping they were excited about worship and they were uh excited about the word you know it's like the the greg comes out and he just starts teaching from the bible and i was like i i'm just just really in shock because uh i i'd never really i never really read the bible didn't know a whole lot about it but i knew you know it's a 2000 year old book and this guy's going through and, and reading from it, and everything's applying to my life. Right. And so it was a it, it was a huge culture shock with me. The other thing that that you had about it, I don't I don't know how to. Uh, the movie does a really good job of of bringing this stuff across. Uh, these people really loved each other, and and so that was uh, you know I'm I'm kind of a laid back guy, and I'm I'm not real demonstrative uh, unless I know people really well. And uh, there was a genuineness about the care that they had for each other. And that, that was something that was really cool. And, you know, Jesus said that they're going to know that you're my disciples by the love that you right. have for one another. Yeah. And so you really saw it. And, and uh, again, part of that was cultural with the, with the, you know, there was a bunch of hippies there. But it was, it was something that, that, uh, that transcended that. Um, you, you walked into the, into the place and... And people really cared about you. Uh, the guy who sat next to me, I, I, I never, I don't know who the guy was, hmm. but he sat sat next to me, uh, or I sat down next to him, and he saw me struggling with my Bible, and you know, just said, "Hey, man, can I give you a hand?" And he just kind of, and real genuine, and I, I was really appreciative. But everything about it was, um, was different than hmm. what I, what I was experiencing in the world. You know some of the, some of the things that that really set that time apart for me was the the fact that everything was was Bible centered. So when we did worship, um, we didn't we didn't have uh, overheads. You know with you know doing the words, and obviously I'm not against that. We do that at our church, right? But uh, we all all the all the songs were out of the King James version of the Bible, and so our our hymn book was the Bible. Right, charity suffereth. <laughs> yeah, long. That. Charity <laughs> suffereth long, yeah, <laughs> and is kind. Yeah, <laughs> was that a song that should have been a song? Yeah, 
And so, so they, they turned to a, a passage in the Bible. A lot of them were in the Psalms. And guys would just take the Psalms and put music to them. And, and they were just awesome. There were, there were some really impactful songs. Psalm 5 is, is one of them that, you know, that just, you, you had people singing it. And it was just amazing. And so, and people would come in, and if the if the church was full, they didn't walk out the door. They went up and they sat on the floor. Yeah. And you know, uh, uh, at at our church uh, on Sunday mornings, a lot of times uh, it was full inside, and so there were windows on the outside. It's Southern California, so they had these kind of louvered windows, and uh, they'd set up chairs outside, and you'd look in through the window. And they'd have a speaker outside so that you could hear, and uh, it was that kind of thing. And everybody was excited to be there, and, you know. And so, uh, the the presence of God was obvious uh, when when you went into the building, and that's that's the the stuff that uh, really impacted me. I um, I was naive uh, at the time, I, you know, a brand new Christian, but I realized this is this is genuine Christianity. Mm-hmm. And um, I judged everything else based off it. And so there, again, there were, there were guys that I knew that, that were Christians that went to other churches. And frankly, I was a little bit judgmental about them because it was, um, it was uh, I don't know how to explain it. it. It's like it was programmed. Right. And, um, you know, trying not to be completely judgmental with them, but it was like I... I could see the radical difference between what was taking place uh, with the Jesus movement. And my experience was Calvary Chapel and, and other places. Um, so with a, with a movie, um, you know, uh, I've heard these stories over and over. And, mm-hmm. and so Greg would tell some of them. He never talked about Lonnie. Uh, he talked about the guy that led him to the Lord. And that's how, that's how he was always referred to. Referred yeah. to. Um, he never he never mentioned Lonnie's name, uh, but over over time you start figuring out who's who in a in a situation, and um, there there was you know again there was just a really cool movement that that was taking place and I was in kind of on the on the tail end of and that. Lonnie was only there in the movie it made him seem like he was there for quite a while like even in when the church moved to the tent and from. What I had actually heard from an interview with Greg was Lonnie was gone before they had even moved out of out right. into that tent. I mean, he was there for it seemed like a, a pretty quick flash. Yeah, it was like two years. Two years, yeah. Yeah, the guy the, that the guy was there, and so, um, yeah, uh, you know, and and the other thing that was that was taking place during that during that period of time, and part of this had to do with uh, Greg's gifting. Greg's he's just a gifted evangelist. Yeah. But part of the excitement was the fact that people were getting saved every time that you went to church. There, there's people getting saved, and and so the the day I gave my life to Jesus, there were probably you know I thought it was a huge crowd, uh, but you know after the fact I you know I look at the building and the building would hold three to four hundred people. Mm-hmm. Is uh, so the, you know it was full, and we had chairs up in the back. So there's probably about you know three to fifty four hundred people in in the building, and it was full. It's, you know, yeah, no packed. spaces, packed out. And uh, 75 people got saved that night. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, a, I mean, the, the whole front of the, of the stage and down the aisle. I was down the aisle. 
uh, and he had people from, come forward, right? And that's, yeah, he did the yeah. old school altar call come right. down, and exactly frightening. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like, and that and that would happen all the time. Yeah. It happened all the time, and so you know when when you're seeing God work in in a way like that, when when He's moving in a, in a way like that, it's just an awesome thing. It's beyond. Uh, uh, it's beyond the whole issue that, you know, a lot of times people get uh, really excited about worship and um, I love worship. I think it's, I think it's an awesome thing. There is nothing like watching people give their life to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when the Holy Spirit's moving uh, in those kinds of ways, it just spurs you on. It, it stirs you up. And that's what church was like to me. You know, I, I never knew, I didn't know what the end time was at, at a service. Oh, you didn't I, know what time was supposed to end? Yeah, and, and I didn't care yeah. about when the, when the service was supposed to end. And, uh, um, you know, and it, it was, it was kind of that kind of, that kind of situation. Greg would get done and you wish he didn't, he didn't stop. And it was everybody in the building. And, and what I'm saying is that, and actually it wasn't just a Greg thing. It was anybody that was speaking. Hmm. So he'd have other speakers come in and anybody who was speaking, uh, people were just there and they were hungry and it was exciting to hear about the word of God. And, you know, from my perspective, I knew nothing about it. And so everything, yeah. every time I walk in the building, everything is brand new. And uh, then on top of that, you have the spirit of God working in your heart and you you have the changes that are coming about in your life and just really cool stuff did you ever go and visit chuck's church during that time uh actually no i, I never, have never heard of it <laughs> yeah i never uh when i was a young christian i never went and visited and you know uh, young christian I'm yeah talking about two three years uh, uh when i was in high school um after i got out of high school yeah i went over and uh went over to uh, chuck smith's church and and uh it's in in the same building uh that they're in today that that Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa is in today. It's not the same one that would have been in the movie, though. Did they buy different property and move? Or? Yeah. What ha What happened was uh, they they moved to a, a number of different churches. Um, there's a uh, There's a book uh, that Chuck put out called The Reproducers, where he talks uh, more in depth about what was going on during those times. And so they went to a number of different churches. Uh, the The one church that has the scene where um, everybody's upset about the hippies uh, having bare feet, right? That kind of thing. That's around the corner from where Costa Mesa is now. Okay, and it uh, it later on became a place called Maranatha Village. Uh, they they turned it into like a, a series of stores. Uh, okay, actually, it's where I bought my my rings for my wedding. Oh wow! Yeah, Maranatha <laughs> Village. So that was the old building, and so then they moved to the tent and. What they were doing there was they were, <coughs> excuse me, they were uh, uh, they were meeting there while they were building the sanctuary that they have now, hmm. and so it was kind of an in between. Oh, kind of like our tents here at the church. Yeah, exactly. Except <laughs> for we stick for the, the kids out there. The kids. <laughs> we yeah. the children out in the tents. <laughs> you guys just hang out there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I would I would say one more big takeaway. I just I want to know your take. Like what. You know, we've talked a little bit about the uniqueness of the movement. How do we translate that 
into the modern church. I think that's an important thing because I know some people, you know, I've even read some reviews of the movie that say this was not something that could be reproduced or it's not going to work in our culture nowadays because our culture is so vastly different. And, and what's your take on that? Uh, I think that's uh, a little bit cynical. I, I, I think you can re- reproduce this in any culture that you've got. It's what you had in early Christianity. You had people who actually loved each other, yeah. And so one of the one of the things that the unbelievers said during the during the time of the early Christian church was, "Behold, how these Christians love one another." And so uh, this is this is something that that is is beyond the hippie movement and you know just the Jesus movement and, and that kind of stuff. It's just basic Christianity. And so the way that you do this is is by gen- being genuine by uh, having a real walk with God where you're really telling the truth about who you are and you have a real love for the Lord. And that kind of stuff just uh, just crosses over um, uh, and, and meets people where they are. Doesn't, doesn't matter what the culture is, you, you got, a, it, when you're talking about human culture, it's all about uh, facades. Mm-hmm. It's all about pretending. It's all about peer pressure. It's all about, you know, all this stuff that that keeps people separate from one another, and having a having a place where you can come and be um, uh, be accepted for who you are, and loved despite the fact you are who you are, and um, have have. Uh, uh, relationship with a with a God who loves you, and you know the whole forgiveness thing and all, all that kind of stuff. That that's how you get this stuff across. Um, you get you got to throw out all the um, all the all the kind of traditions, and and so every church has traditions. We have yeah. traditions here, and so you know one of the one of the things that um, I would love is if people would come in and sit on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be groundbreaking. Yeah, it's that's be. it's what it's one of those things that that you know it's like I don't know that it's going to happen because you know that that is one of those things that that would be a cultural thing there, but uh, you know it 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 just was was not a big deal. So um, how do I how do I want to bring this across? Uh, just being genuine, just just being actually in love with Jesus. Being able to uh, communicate that, and uh, you know, there, there's always politics when you have uh, people involved. But the the politics that I saw back during that time was shocking when I saw it, mm-hmm. because I almost never saw it. Right. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't have that. It was kind so of, out of place. It, it was wasn't common. For, yeah. for it, was, it was not common. Right. And, and so it, it needs to be more like that. It needs to not be common. You know, there, uh, uh, a lot of times uh, you'll have people who think that uh, people in church leadership are, you know, they, they have these secret agendas and, and that kind of thing. And, and uh, um, that needs to not be there for, for the leadership. And people who are walking in and uh, who are Christians and have that kind of attitude, that is stuff that will quench the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I didn't know enough about Christianity to even be thinking about those things. And so every, every aspect of what I ran into, uh, 
uh, was was genuine and it was real and it was life impacting. And when I saw something different, it stood out like a like a sore thumb. It was it was obvious. So yeah, the, I think that you know the work of the Holy Spirit, the emphasis on the Word of God, and return to the you know word of the God, what God's Word has to say and how it relates to our culture. You know, when I think of like, Dad, that can be reproduced. God's Holy Spirit has yeah. not changed. He could still be here moving and working. You know, there are churches who teach through the Word, but I think that really was the thing that like sparked that revolution was, and in, in a sense, it was the personalities of Lonnie and Chuck, you know, who, who was focused on the Word, and then Lonnie who brought the Spirit. But when Lonnie left, the Spirit didn't leave. You know, right, it's like exactly. that was the thing yeah. that kept. And, you know, even the symbol of the dove being, you know, kind of the symbol of Calvary Chapel, that's, you know, to me is a huge important part of what we do is making sure everything's led by the Spirit and that it's, you know, something that, you know, obviously we, we want the truth, but we want the Spirit as well. So Right. So when I when when people ask me uh, about how I do ministry, um, and I have been asked over the years, because, you know, our church grows, and they go, how do you get your church to grow? Well, I don't get my church to grow. Yeah. <laughs> what, I, what I do is I, is, I, is I teach the Word of God and... Um, and we do go through the Bible, but I'm not confined to going through the Bible. You know, it's like, we'll do, we'll do topical studies and stuff like that. I'm just teaching what the Bible has to say, but, uh, generally speaking verse, verse by verse through scripture, letting God say what he wants to say to people and then being filled with the Holy spirit and, uh, you know, having a, a genuine walk with God. And that's, that's how you reach people. And I, I don't know how. That's what I was taught. That, mm-hmm. That's what was, that was what, what was ingrained in me uh, when I went to Calvary Chapel. And, and so I don't know how to do ministry otherwise. And so a bunch of programs, uh, you, know, you know, a lot of times what, what guys want to do is they, they want to take a business model to church. And this is a business, and so you got to be responsible with it. But they want to take a business model to church and advertising this and that and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was always taught this is like a restaurant. You make sure the food's good. And you people sure will that, come. <laughs> yeah. You, you make sure the environment is appealing. You make sure that the food's good. And good and, service. Yeah, yeah, good service. And people will come. Yeah. And uh, that's and obviously... Uh, that's that's going to be a work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the people who are here. So, all right. Well, we're going to close the show up, and we're going to be in the future doing these same last questions. We're going to call it the lightning round. Just a few quick questions. So, your go-to pastor, the guy you listen to, dead or alive, that you can always go back to and go, "This is the guy I just want to be encouraged by." Well, it's Greg. It's Greg Laurie. You know, and uh, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where. Uh, uh, he teaches simply, and so I'm, I'm not going to him for uh, you know necessarily in-depth doctrinal issues. But when he speaks about a subject, um, it, it's good. Yeah, he knows what he's talking. <laughs> he about. knows what he's talking yeah. about. You know, and he may not go into depth on everything, but I, you know, he's he's been a launching point my whole life. He's said certain things, come up with certain concepts, and that, and then I go and study it out, and I'm like, whoa, that, there's a lot more to that than what he just said to me. And so, and the guy probably saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> There's that. There's that. Uh, okay, a recent good read, a book you'd recommend to pastors. Uh, 
the end of the beginning is just the beginning. This isn't written by a by a Christian. Uh, it's written by a non-Christian uh, demographer and and uh, uh, you know kind of kind of a history buff. And he goes through and talks about the end of the the worldwide supply chain and what the what the implications are going to be for different nations. So there's a secular perspective on the end times, basically. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Some some kind of shocking stuff in there too. And it's by Peter Zahan. Okay. It was recommended to me by another Calvary pastor. That's good. Okay. And last, one piece of advice for someone in full-time ministry. If you could just say one thing to them, one word of encouragement, what would it be? Uh, you know what? You got to do... Um, well, let me, let, me, let me do the basic one. Jesus said that if you have problems with people, you go talk to them, you and them alone. And if, you, if that doesn't fix it, you take a couple other people with you. And if that doesn't fix it, there's church discipline. That that has to happen, and, and you have to treat people this way. And so, if I got a problem with somebody, I'm not to go talking to other people. I need to go talk to them, and try. And the the whole point of that passage is to uh, try to straighten things out. Um, and so, that's one. I'm going to give you two. First uh, Timothy and Second Timothy and Titus are how you run a church, mm-hmm. and no options here. This is how you run a church. And so do that stuff, and and it will help you out. It'll keep you out of all kinds of problems. All right. Thanks, yeah. Steve. I appreciate the time. And yep. I'm looking forward to uh, interviewing some you know legends here in the in the near future and getting to hear their perspective and you know do this podcast with you. So I'm excited. The EQ podcast is here as a resource for our listeners. Check us out at eqministry.com. On our website, you'll find a variety of helpful tools, including past ministry conferences and a contact form to seek out help or counsel from seasoned Calvary pastors who want to encourage you in your serving or answer your ministry-related questions. Until next time, God bless.